Happy New Year Church, we hope you've enjoyed some rest and some quality time with family and after the longest year ever that you are now ready to enter 2021 renewed, refreshed and fired up to walk in all that God has got planned for you this year. I don't know about you, but I am excited as we enter this new year. It's interesting, isn't it, that nothing particularly changes between the 31st of December to the 1st of January, and yet at the same time, everything changes. A new year gives us an opportunity to, to start afresh, to wipe the slate clean, if you will, to forget about everything that was uh, before this moment and just to look ahead with anticipation and with expectation. So as we enter 2021 Hope Church, I believe that God is giving us that opportunity, that he is encouraging us right from the beginning of this year to set things in motion that will help us move into this new year with fresh positivity, with uninhibited passion and with renewed purpose. And one of those things is giving to God. It's our giving to God. And I believe that, that we should give God our first and that we should give God our best. You know, we seek to give him the, the first day of the week as we gather together as church, even online, to focus on him, to, to hear from him. We give him the first of our finances in our tithing. Whatever it is that, that we get, we believe it's right to give first and foremost to God before any bills, before any luxuries. God gets our first and he gets our best. And we're giving him the first of our year. Next Sunday, we'll be kicking off 21 days of prayer and fasting. And we're not doing any of that to, to earn anything from God. We're not doing it because it means that we'll then go on to have the best year ever because we sacrificed at the very beginning. We're doing it because we love God and we want to worship him and we want to honour him right at the very beginning of this year before we get caught up in any of the, the busyness of life, before distractions start to, to creep in and to take our attention away from him. We're saying, Jesus, we love you. We put you first above everything else. Nothing comes before you. And so we give you the first month of 2021 over to you in an act of of surrender of obedience to you so be having a think about about what it is that you can fast and prepare your hearts ready to do that together as a church family it's going to be amazing and so today i want to speak to you from the title clear out the clutter clear out the clutter and I'm going to read to you what may seem like a really odd portion of scripture uh, to read as a rallying cry for this new year. But stick with me. I believe God is going to speak to us today. So turn with me to, to John chapter 2. And we're just going to start reading from verse 13. When it was almost time for the Jewish Passover, Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple courts, he found people selling cattle 
sheep and doves, and others sitting at tables exchanging money. And so he made a whip out of cords and drove them from the temple courts, both sheep and cattle. He scattered the coins of the money changers and he overturned their tables. To those who sold doves, he said, get these out of here. Stop turning my father's house into a market. And his disciples remembered what was written, zeal for your house will consume me. You know, we love the, the movies in our house. We have countless DVDs, although Netflix and Amazon Prime means that we rarely actually watch a real life physical DVD anymore. But for me and Ruth, going to the movies is one of our favourite things to do. I still remember going to see Eternal Sunshine of a Spotless Mind on our very first date back in 2004. Last year, though, I don't think we went even once with everything that was that was going on. But if you're, if you're anything like me, aside from obviously the movie itself, there are two very important factors when it comes to going to the movies. Firstly, the trailers. Yes, I am one of those people who absolutely loves trailers. But also the snacks. Who's with me? You cannot go to the movies without snacks, am I right? Whether you're into popcorn or nachos or sweets or, or ice cream, you have got to have the right snacks to make the movie experience what it is. But that can be a real challenge when you're, when you're working to a budget. You know, you can be dropping nearly 20 quid just to get in and then the snacks, well, well I'm going to want some popcorn. Do you want to make that large, sir? Oh, well, well, go on. And, and would you like to make that a combo with a drink? Okay, well, I suppose I'm going to want to do that as well. And then we've got our popcorn and our drink and we're walking past the, the Ben and Jerry stand and I'm thinking, well, popcorn is kind of savoury, so I'm going to need some sweet as well. So we'll get some Ben and Jerry's to go with it. And by the time you've sat down in your seat, ready for the movie, you've dropped something like 50 quid. It's absolutely mental. That is why we are smart moviegoers. Yep, we are those people who take our own snacks with us. Our pockets are stuffed with cans of Coke and bags of popcorn and sweets. And I make Ruth bring her big bag so she can put all kinds of things in there. Once I took a whole McDonald's meal, including the drink, into the cinema with me. Yep, that is me. That is the kind of guy I am. Although we do sometimes treat ourselves to a Ben and Jerry's, you cannot beat it. I will have a Cherry Garcia and cookie dough. Thank you very much. You see, it's the whole, it's the whole captive audience thing that they've got going on. And so when you're in that environment, there's no shops nearby. And so the prices rocket. Once you're in, if you, if you didn't come prepared with your pockets stuffed with everything, then you're going to end up spending a small fortune to do it right. And that's kind of what's going on here in this picture of the temple. This story was set just, just before the, the Jewish Passover, which is a celebration that took place every year at the temple in Jerusalem. 
And every Jewish male was expected to make this pilgrimage to Jerusalem during that time. And, and they'd be expected over that period to make various sacrifices and offerings. And so the local entrepreneurs took this as a, a fantastic opportunity to make a quick book of this captive audience. People had to use local currency to pay the, the temple tax. And so there were, there were stalls set up to change money. And of course, on top of just changing the money, there were extortionate interest rates added on top. And then there were people selling animals and the various other kind of items that would be needed for sacrifices. Because if you were traveling a long way on this pilgrimage to the temple, you probably weren't going to want to pack a flock of pigeons in your luggage. And I suspect that trying to herd some sheep and cattle with you on your journey is going to slow you down somewhat. And so conveniently, the local merchants provided an excellent service, making sure that they had you covered at a cost. And so in steps Jesus and he he views what's going on in the temple he sees the the money changers and the the cattle sellers and and everything that's going on and we see this this outburst I don't know about you but reading that passage I see anger I see frustration I see rage get out of here how dare you turn my father's house into a marketplace. For the Jewish people, this, this temple was the literal, physical site of God's presence among them. And Jesus respected that. Why? Because he has a passion for God's presence. He had a passion for God's presence. That may seem like a strange statement to make. After all, wasn't Jesus God? Well, yes, he, he was fully God, but he came to earth to, to enable people to be in God's presence, to create a way for, for people to have direct access to the Father through his, his death and his resurrection. And so it was that passion, that sense of purpose that drove him to act in this way that we are discussing today. So let me just give you a little context here to make it clear what's going on. The Jewish temple where, where God's presence dwelt among the people, it, it, it was made up of, of different parts. And depending on who you were, you would have access to different parts and you wouldn't be allowed into others. So there was the, the Holy of Holies, where the Ark of the Covenant actually sat, the very presence of God, the kind of the main point of focus here. And only the high priest was able to enter that area. And even then, only once a year during Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. And then kind of around that, there was an area for the other priests that they could go and, and only them. And then there was an area for men. And there was an area for women. And then around all of this sat the court of the Gentiles. This was the only part in the whole of the temple that non-Jews 
were allowed to enter. It's the only place that the Gentiles could go to be in or, or close to the presence of God and to worship him in the temple. And it's here in the court of the Gentiles where this, this scene of Jesus' outburst takes place. But before we go any further on that, just take a minute to, to think about the actual outburst itself. Jesus didn't just flip out when he saw what was going on as he entered the temple. He didn't wander in one day and then immediately turn into this rage monster. He was not out of control. You know, if you read this portion of scripture again, you'll see that some time and effort and thought went into this act. It says that he made a whip. So he'd have had to find the, the necessary materials and then maybe plait some things together to make this whip. He thought about what he was going to do. He planned it. He purposed it. Now, he was upset and and angry, quite rightly, at how the temple was being abused by these various people. And sure, they were probably able to, to justify it as being helpful to those who travelled a long way, but, but what they were neglecting was the main purpose of the temple, to worship God. Can you imagine coming into church and, and trying to spend some quality time in God's presence, surrounded by people shouting to one another and chickens running around and a herd of cows hanging out in the corner? It's not exactly a conducive environment to worship, is it? This was God's house, a place to meet God and to, to worship him, but the main thing was no longer the main thing. In project management, we call this scope creep. You set out with a, a purpose in mind, in, in this case, creating a space to worship God. But then over time, small changes are made and it becomes to evolve into something completely different. A money changer here because, you know, they're going to need the right currency and a cattle stall over there for the sacrifices. And then as more and more allowances are made that aren't properly defined and controlled, the purpose then gets lost and, and muddied and the whole thing turns into something that was never intended to be. And that's what was happening here in the temple, except the religious leaders were totally aware of what was going on but they didn't really care because their area was absolutely fine. Their area was unblemished. It was only the Gentiles that were being impacted by what was going on. But Jesus enters the temple and he sees that there are people turning up to spend time in God's presence. But they can't because of everything that has been allowed. And so he clears out all the clutter that is getting in the way of the people the Gentiles connecting to God's presence. He clears out the clutter and he clears it out with zeal. That word zeal that the disciples were, were remembering, it means with passion, with, with energy, with devotion. Here is a man on a mission and nothing will get in his way of clearing out the clutter and making way for people to be 
in God's presence. Jesus was consumed with a zeal for God's house and we need to be consumed with a zeal for God's house. It's far too easy to allow distractions and even sometimes quite innocent things to creep into our lives and to take away our focus from being in the presence of God, from spending time with our heavenly Father. But we need to keep the main thing the main thing. Our purpose, we were created to to worship and to glorify God. And we need to allow a, a zeal, a passion, a devotion to that to motivate us to clear out the clutter so we can focus on God. We've got to recognize and relate to the, the passion that we see from Jesus for God's presence in this scene. And we also need to recognize he has a passion for us. Jesus' outburst, this, this cleansing of the temple, was fueled by his passion for the temple, this, this place where God resided. But now let's consider that whole thing in light of what it says in 1 Corinthians 6, verse 19. Do you not know that your body is a temple? You see, God had moved from dwelling in a place, the temple, to dwelling in a person, Jesus, to now dwelling in his people, the ecclesia, the church, us as believers. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? God's presence is no longer found in a temple. As believers in Christ, God's presence is in us. It's within us. And so now we need to take this this lesson of Jesus' action in in cleansing the temple and, and clearing out all that clutter and turn that inward into ourselves, into the way in which we live our lives. That same passion that that motivated Jesus to make a whip and, and drive out all of those distractions and unhealthy practices from the temple in Jerusalem, Jesus has that same passion for us, the new temple, and zeal for each individual, for you and for me, consumes him. It gives him purpose. It fills him with passion. He longs to to clear out the clutter of our lives so that we can dwell in the presence of God. You, your well-being, your transformation, your salvation consume Jesus. You are what he lives for, what he died for, what he was raised to life for. Jesus is passionate about you. And that passion will then cause him to to barge in and to kick over tables in your heart and in your life to give you the chance to, to worship God and to be in his presence, free from clutter, free from distractions, free from unhealthy thoughts and habits. We need to remind ourselves that we are a temple of the Holy Spirit, God's presence is in us as believers. 
And so ask yourself today, am I caring for myself as if that were true? Am I behaving as though I am a sacred dwelling place of the living God? Am I caring for my mind and for my body with an all-consuming zeal, passion, enthusiasm, devotion? In this passage in John 2, we see Jesus go to great lengths in his love for God's house. We see him lit up with this, with this passion, driving out injustice, sacrificing his, his composure and his public standing for the sake of the temple of God. Do we have that same passion for ourselves, for our lives, this, this living, breathing temple that God has given us to care for? Our lives should be lived by the principle of trying to be more like Jesus, of doing more of what he did. And what did he do? He had a passion for God's presence, a passion that, that motivated him to action, to clear out the clutter. And so we need to be motivated in the same way, to be filled with that passion, to clear out the distractions, to rid ourselves of unhealthy thoughts and attitudes and to, to make space in our lives that is, that is peaceful and holy and, and worthy of the presence of God. You know, this is a, a, a time of year that often we, we set aside to, to put in motion new habits and, and new lifestyle choices to, to improve ourselves, to better ourselves. And it's no coincidence that gyms have January sales on their memberships. They know that we like a bit of indulgence over Christmas. Anyone else have two Christmas dinners and then not think twice about dessert? And then all the cheese and the chocolates and the trifle. <laughs> we know we've done wrong. And so we sign ourselves up for the gym. We set a, a plan in place. We set things in motion to, to try to improve ourselves, to, to make better life choices. And so I want to encourage you right now, as we start out in this year, 2021, you know, you may have made some bad choices last year. You may have allowed some some negative thinking to, to take root in your, in your mind and in your spirit. Well, now is the time to, to set a new course, to set in motion a plan that will clear out the clutter from our lives, that will allow God's presence to take his rightful place. Paul encourages us in Romans chapter 12, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. This this renewal that Paul is talking about, it's not starting something back up again, like renewing a contract or a lease. It's a transformation that takes us from, from where we were, from what we thought we knew, 
and replaces it with something brand new, something better, an upgrade. We are a temple of the living God, and so we need to be intentional about keeping it clear of clutter, of keeping our lives free from distractions and keeping our thinking in line with Christ. And as I close today, I want to give one final encouragement. This process, this this cleansing, this clearing out the clutter, it is not a one-time thing. We need to keep it clean. We need to keep it clean. And, And often that is the hardest part I don't know, maybe uh, over this Christmas you have hosted some, some family and then afterwards you were faced with the overwhelming task of clearing up. All the dishes and the food on the floor and the table is a mess and there's toys everywhere. And it's this daunting task to get it all, to get it all clear and straight and, uh, and get it all back to the way it should be. But you put your mind to it and you get it done back to the way it was before the whirlwind and the chaos of Christmas. Clean, tidy, in order. But if your house is anything like ours, it does not take it long for it to start to get messy again, that scope creep to kick in. Oh, I'm just bringing one toy down into the lounge to play with and it stays there, and then another one appears, and then another one, and another one, and before long, the lounge has returned into the playroom again, and another deep clean is required. But who knows, that is not the best way to keep things clean, to wait for it all to pile up, and then to to have a big clear out. Little and often is the best way, a, a continual process. If you, if you notice something is not the way it should be, clean it out, clear it up. If you've noticed that, that old way of thinking creeping back in, clear it out. Remind, remind yourself of who you are and whose you are. Renew your mind. Do you know, I noticed something and I promise I am ending with this. I noticed something when I was studying uh, for this message. Jesus didn't just clear out the temple once. There are two separate accounts of incidents where he cleansed the temple. John records this first act, the one we're looking at today, which happened at the beginning of Jesus' ministry, shortly after his first miracle of turning water into wine. But the other Gospels record a second cleansing. Just after his triumphal entry into Jerusalem, shortly before he was crucified at the end of his ministry. Jesus did it more than once. It wasn't just a one-time thing. It was something he recognised the importance of doing continually, keeping the temple, the presence of God clean. And we need to take every care in our lives to to take captive thoughts and and attitudes and, and, and things that are wrong, to clear out that clutter, to wipe all of that away and clean so that we can keep the main thing the main thing, to worship and glorify God. 
And so I encourage you at the start of this year, as we prepare to spend 21 days in prayer and fasting together, to be intentional about seeking out those thoughts, those actions and those habits which distract you from being in God's presence, that, that pull you away from living in his plans and his purposes for your life and clear them out, clear out the clutter. And know this, he loves you, he's for you, he is passionate about you. There is nothing he wouldn't do for you. You know, maybe you've lost that zeal, you've lost that, that passion and that devotion for God's presence. Well, let's take this time right at the beginning of 2021 to refocus, to realign and to renew ourselves to be the men and the women that God created us to be. Why don't we pray? Father God, we thank you for this new year. We thank you that you are with us, that you are for us, that you love us. And I pray that as we enter into 2021, that you will help us to, to recognize those areas in our lives where we need to clear out the clutter, where we need to get rid of wrong thinking, get rid of bad habits, get rid of distractions and anything that is pulling us away from being in your presence and walking in the plans and the purposes that you have laid out for us. So I pray that as we clear out the clutter and we refocus and realign ourselves into your plan, that, that we will go forward into this brand new year with a passion and an energy and a devotion that will cause us to have a zeal for your house, for the passion for being in your presence, a passion for, for living out your call on our lives, I pray in Jesus' name.